0: friendly hosts just a little back with another episode of the mental wealth podcast episode number 22 just want to say thank you for joining us this week so many thoughts on my mind over this past uh, this past week so many great responses over the episodes that we've put out all of September uh, really you know coming back from that break that I really really needed so so glad that those episodes have been resonating with many of you But we are in October now and it's officially fall season. But how are you feeling? Are you okay? I say this, right? Because for me, fall, autumn season is my, by far, my favorite time of the year. It's my favorite season of the year. The smells, the leaves, the outfits. Um, the weather for me i'm a very person i'm a person who loves the cold i can't stand the heat i sweat easy so i love the 75 degree days and 50 degree nights um i live near a beach the only time i'd like to go to the beach is during this time of the year when all the resort and uh and tourists go away and it's just a quiet space so for me this time of the year is beautiful don't celebrate the holidays but many of you who, who might you obviously love it for that reason Hate the spring because there's a bunch of bugs and pollen in the air, a bunch of rain. Summer's too hot. Best thing about summer growing up was you're out of school. And winter is, I'm cool with winter. Um, Don't mind snow, don't mind the cold, but fall by far for me and many people is just the best thing ever. If you've ever visited parts of northern New York or Pennsylvania, you know how beautiful it is in the fall. So that being said, for me, fall is great. But for you and many other people, fall is bad. (laughs) fall is really bad. you know i was joking with someone i call my big sister affectionately and she's huge on the summer in fact i was telling her her partner they're they're recording i said you know hey if you Mm -hmm. if you marry my sister um you're gonna have to move down here (laughs) or move somewhere where there's water because she loves the beach she loves it so much i said i told him i said you're not she's not gonna go up there where you're from she she needs it warm And uh, I joke with her because I'm like, she's like in denial about the summer being over. I'm like, sis, it's it's gone. She's like, no, it's not. It's still here. And we live in an area where even in the fall, if it gets to be 75 or 80 degrees on a particular Saturday or Sunday, you best believe the beach will be packed. They will flock to it, right? But on a serious note, there is something actually um, scientific that people do experience. It's called seasonal affective disorder or known as SAD. It's a form of depression that descends in the fall or winter months and fades in the spring. In addition to sadness and irritability, symptoms can include oversleeping, increased appetite, craving carbohydrates or sugar, social withdrawal, and low energy. Some people feel the slump at the same time every year, but certain factors can bring it on for the first time. Moving to a new region or a home that receives less light, an especially harsh winter, working the night shift, and physically or emotional stress all predispose you to seasonal mood changes this is from erica lewis and also from uh the just girl project i think one of my little sisters posted this this week i found it. i thought it was interesting so seasonal affective disorder is a real thing there's people who who have seasonal affective disorder or seasonal depression when a certain season comes it really can affect them negatively you know um, you think about this time, just around the corner, it's daylight savings time. So soon, it's already getting dark at about 7 or 7.30. Pretty soon, it'll be dark around 5 o'clock. And you, maybe you get off work at time. You're driving home in traffic, but it's dark outside. And it makes you feel like it's 9 o'clock, but it's 5. It makes you feel like your days are shorter. If you sleep in, you know, till 11 to 12 o'clock on a Saturday, and you wake up, and then it gets dark at 5, you feel like you wasted your whole day. It's a mental thing. This is real. It's not just, like, made up. So many of you, you know, unlike me, I enjoy this season. You might be struggling a little bit. You might be in a funk. And I just wanted to send love and healing to you and, and light and energy um, as we develop this episode. And you'll see what we're talking about today about intentionally deciding on purpose to heal. It's important to recognize that if you're feeling some of these things, there's nothing wrong with you. It's okay. Okay. I'm sure there's thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people feeling the same exact way, just trying to adjust to the new season, adjust to their circumstances and just make it the best way they can. But I wanted to share some tips with you uh, from this same Just Girl Project Instagram page on ways to beat seasonal depression. Go for a drive, for a change of scenery, working out, healthier diet. Taking advantage of the natural sunlight. So when you do have the daylight during the day, make sure you get out because if you don't get out and then it gets five, six o'clock, more likely you're not going out for the day. Uh, Journal. Write down your thoughts. Try to get at least eight hours of sleep so that adequate sleep. Uh, Diffusers. I'm not sure what diffusers are. I guess maybe like air diffusers, (laughs) I guess, but those are just a few things that it mentions that you guys can, can do to, to battle and to beat seasonal depression. But just keep that in mind that many people are, are feeling what you're feeling and it's okay. Unlike, unlike you, for me, it's a great time. I get excited. It's something about just driving windows down, fresh air coming in, listening to some music. You know, some of the best music hits very, very good um, in the fall. And, um, you know, just take care of yourselves. Be intentional. Recognize what you're going through. I think the first step always, right, is being aware of what you're feeling. Because a lot of times we can't even put our finger on it. And then accept those feelings. And then take action. So what's the action that we're going to take? So so think about that. I wanted to lead the podcast with that and share that with you because I know many people as the fall just officially began and now we're in October. It's like you can smell the pumpkins, you can smell the Thanksgiving dinner, you can smell the, the deals on Black Friday, you can smell the Christmas time, right? So there's some things to look forward to for many of you, but there's also some of you who are struggling and adjusting. So just know that you're not alone and there are plenty of resources that are out there that can help you. I also mentioned music as well. You know, I was on a panel not long ago on YouTube And the fellow mentioned, you know, that his, his opinion is that, you know, when someone's depressed, they should stay away from certain triggering, you know, songs or music. And my retort to that, while I appreciated what he said, you know, for many people who faced severe depression like I have and are continuing in that depression, it usually, that sad music usually has a better effect on you, right? Like if you're triggered by anything specifically, like, you know, turn it off, remove that trigger from you. But for most of us, at least myself, Listening to artists like who spoke what I was feeling saved my life. Like artists like Kid Cuddy growing up who would rap and sing, you know, melodic songs. I remember the Man in the Moon Project in 2009, a classic album. I remember I heard a soundtrack to my life and Cuddy Zone and Day and Night and um, just records that just made me feel something. And to these day, those records still have helped me through things. Um more recently artists like, you know, Triple X or or Juice World, may they rest peacefully, who made music that a lot of people can relate to and save lives because they were willing to admit in their music that they weren't okay. And maybe that was their downfall as well, but they were open and unapologetic about their their, their, their plight. And so sometimes sad music or depressing music or you know that, that realness and that rap or R and B can help those who go through depression and so here's this post as well from the just girl project it mentions that it can help us understand and put words to our feelings it triggers nostalgic memories it can make us feel less alone in our struggles gives us a healthy outlet for our emotions it releases dopamine and improves moods it makes us reflect on our own experiences and feel comforted so you know keep in keep in mind that um you know before you tell someone oh you should turn that off you shouldn't play that certain, that song that's gonna trigger you, for some, it might, But understand that that's not the case for everyone. For some people, um, that sad music is saving their life. That artist that they can relate to, that they can hear, that they feel like they're not alone, that someone else is feeling the same thing, is saving their life. There's so much power in art and film and, and physical art, digital art, contemporary art, music is art, poetry, Please understand those of you guys who are advocating for those of us and dealing with our mental illnesses, understand that there's so much power in music, so much truth in music. Many of you listening might be artists yourselves. You might use your music as a muse to really channel your your inner child, your inner self, and things that you've been feeling that you can't say anywhere else but with your pen and your pencil and your notepad. So please keep doing that. Please keep doing things That intentionally heal you. And lastly, before we get into this interview that we have lined up for you guys today, I want to go over ways that we could potentially gaslight ourselves, right? We're talking about intentionally healing, we have to be careful not to do the opposite when it comes to ourselves. Now, what is gaslighting? Some of you guys should know what gaslighting is. We've talked about it on the podcast before. But if you didn't know, gaslighting is uh, invalidating someone's thoughts, right? Like, You know, someone tells you something like, well, you shouldn't feel that way or makes you feel less than for having a certain thought. That means they're gaslighting you. Right. But there's ways that we can gaslight ourselves in the same in the same manner. So, for example, here's five ways that we can gaslight ourselves that we have to be very, very careful and cognizant about. This is from psychology post underscore on Instagram. That's psychology post underscore on Instagram. And here it it says, uh You make excuses for someone's bad behavior. So instead of acknowledging their toxic behavior, you blame yourself. That happens a lot of time in relationships and friendships. Well, you know, it must be me, not them. Not acknowledging that it could be that person is just toxic and they're not good for you, right? You're gaslighting yourself. Two, you invalidate your own feelings. It's not a big deal. Others have it worse. I'm overreacting. And at some point, Some of those statements can be true within themselves, right? But when you use them to invalidate your own feelings, when you use them to invalidate how you're feeling and what you're going through, you're gaslighting yourself. You're invalidating your own feelings. The third way that we can gaslight ourselves is you're constantly uh, uh, shouldering. Oh, excuse me. You're constantly shooting yourself. So I shouldn't feel this way. I should be over this by now. I should just be positive. So when we go to talk about intentional healing, everyone's healing journey is different, right? What the time it might take me to heal my wound, physical or or emotional or mental, might not be the same for you. So I shouldn't be making myself feel less than because I haven't healed on someone else's timeline or making myself feel like I should be over something by now. Everyone heals on a different path, a different journey. So be careful not to should yourself. Four, you believe you're too sensitive. So as a result, you feel ashamed of your emotions and surpass them. So maybe you say, well, you know, I'm just being too sensitive. I'm overreacting. I'm, just being, I'm a little too sensitive. I'm easily hurt. I'm too offended. There's in a world right now where, yeah, a lot of people are easily offended. That is true. A lot of people are offended by the color blue. That's true. But don't tell yourself that. Don't tell yourself that you're being too sensitive. If you're hurt, if your feelings are hurt, if you're hurt mentally, emotionally, physically, then, then understand that hurt. And whoever hurt you, make sure that they understand that they hurt you so that hopefully they won't ever hurt you again. Don't say, oh, you know, I'm just too sensitive. You know, I should just let it go. Understand that if you're in pain, you need to acknowledge it. And lastly, the last tip to be careful to gaslight yourself, tip number five, you don't trust your own judgment. You second guess yourself and don't listen to your intuition because you don't trust it. So how many times are we, is it us versus us, right? How many times do we put ourselves in bad situations where, you know, we're just not trusting our own judgment, where we, we it's self-doubt, it's limiting beliefs. Yes, limiting beliefs is a form of gaslighting yourself. You're invalidating your own intuition, you allow other people to talk you in to things that you don't agree with, talk you out of things that you do, you're gaslighting yourself. So I think it's important when it comes to mental health is that we recognize these signs. We recognize um, what we could be doing to cause ourselves harm, doing the opposite of healing, right? Recognize it, right? Be aware of it, accept it, and then take action. What am I going to do? What am I going to change? Am I going to react? Or am I going to respond? So hopefully some some helpful tips for all of you guys today. I like to, as you guys know, when I, when I pod and I do these interviews, I like to come in here and intro and outro with something beneficial. I was giving some feedback from a friend the other day, and he was telling me about some specific episodes that really, really resonate with him. And you know, one thing I said is that I've learned with this podcast as I've grown the platform is that Every episode is not going to hit for everyone. People are going to love one more than the other for whatever reason, something they heard, whether something I said or something a guest said. And I recognize that when you have a large audience and you have men and women listen to you, you have 26 different countries listening to you. Obviously, you can't please everyone. That's just life, right? But here's what I do know. I know this. While every episode might not be for everyone, I'll make sure that there's something in each episode that is. Right. So it, you'll be able to listen. And you might say, hey, I didn't really resonate with that speaker. I can't really relate. Cool. But oh, I like this. I like this two, three minutes. I like that. And that's cool. If after listening to a 40, 50 minute podcast, if you can pull away one or two things that you're gonna apply in your life that you're gonna make change, right? You're gonna intentionally heal and you're gonna share with a friend, that's all I can ask from you guys to do. And that's what I'm gonna continue to do, right? But always is any thoughts, suggestions, comments, concerns, leave us a review on Apple. Send us an email at tmwp at gmail.com. We want to continue to hear your feedback. Again, we're humbled to be a speaker. We're humbled to have all of you guys as listeners. And we're going to keep trekking forward and making sure that we shed light on the mental health space and make sure that we're sharing useful tips with each and every one of you guys. So my next guest, intentional healing, my friend Helen Levine, also known as Health and Wealth Coach. Who is she? She's a healer, spiritual mentor, and a transfer, transformational life and business success coach for conscious professionals ready to eliminate stress and burnout, release emotional baggage and inner blocks, and attain unshakable confidence, success, and fulfillment. She's the founder of the STEER Method, a step-by-step roadmap to success and fulfillment. She is most known among her private clients for her work that is referred to as time travel healing This work helps individuals and families release their past, conscious and unconscious, trauma, emotional, energetic blocks, and reaches to the core, impacting all aspects of life, emotional, physical, mental, spiritual, ancestral, financial, etc. So I'm honored to have Helen on the podcast for you guys to get to know her, know what she does, and hopefully you all, after listening, can make a decision to intentionally episode have Helen Levine with us. How are you today, Helen?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks for asking, Justin. Thanks for having me here.
0: I'm so glad to have you here. As I tell my audience all the time, um, I've met many amazing people on Clubhouse, and um, you're one of them. And so glad that we're able to finally connect through this platform and just get a chance to a little, little bit learn uh, more about you, right? Um, to that point, I just read the audience your bio, so they know a little bit more about you and, and um, you know what you do if, if someone were to ask you what, what is your job title like what is your passion how would you describe it?
1: what is my passion well my passion has always been it's, it's like this weird innate feeling that's been there since I was a little girl is to somehow help always been called to help and uh, when I was younger it was a sort of unexplainable feeling that um, it was with me as a teenager people used to always come to me with um, sharing their stories, sometimes very challenging life stories. And then they would always say, Oh my God, I don't know why I'm telling you this. I've never said, told it to anyone before. So this became like the line that I heard throughout my life. I used to work as a recruiter for a number of years. And then the clients used to come in and literally share the most private details of their lives with me. Sometimes it was way too much stuff that I really didn't want to hear sometimes, but came, I guess, with the job. And so, it's this need to really to, to be of service, to help. And it's uh, it's just been a part of my life journey. It's what led me to where I am today, along with a whole bunch of life lessons and experiences as well.
0: I love that. I love that, Helen. You know, I relate so much to that because it's listening to to you guys and for the audience too to know, you know, me and Helen, we've connected on social media on Clubhouse, but One of the things I really love about these conversations with my many different guests is that I sit here, not as a host, but just as a listener, like in awe of like someone's story. And it really gives me a chance. And of course you, the audience guys, to know um, how special this person is and what value they can bring. You know, I'm sitting here like I relate to you Helen so much because my audience should know this by now is I'm that guy who goes over and beyond to help his friends, his loved ones, people. I'm a genuine person. I love people. I want to, I always have that desire to take care of someone to be that thing for someone. For me, it takes me out of my own sadness, my own issues that I'm having is when I'm able to support someone on their journey. Mm. And I think there's something so powerful in someone being a helper and recognizing, hey, my role, you know what, my passion. Is to help help people, right? So yeah, that's such a beautiful sharing. So tell us a little bit, Helen. Like, you know, where are you from? You know what? What was your life like? You know, coming up as a young girl and kind of what led you um, into this path.
1: Interesting question, Justin. As a young girl, I was born and raised in the former USSR in Belarus, and I came here to this beautiful country as a teenager. So I didn't speak any English. And we were very poor and life was not easy to say the least. So um, I really started off with not having much, you know, people sometimes assume things and judge uh, the book by its cover, by where they, you know, perceive you wherever you are in life today, whenever they, you know, see you at the moment or on social media, particularly people tend to do that more. So, but uh, I always say life was the biggest teacher has been and continues to be for me because of all of those experiences. I mean, I've endured a lot of traumatic experiences in my life and I used to really carry a lot of that trauma. It, it, was, it was such a big part of who I was, like my whole identity and, and really my story. I, I used to like dwell on it. I was so um, immersed in it. And uh, I, I suffered from debilitating anxiety with panic attacks for a big number of years, like throughout my teens and twenties and, um, up till about early thirties. And it was, um, it was really dark, like the very dark place in my, in my life, dark time. Um, and I had a lot of health issues as well. And all of it was of course connected. so, you know, physical, mental, emotional, all of this was connected. And at some point, you know, I was just giving up. I was like, is life really? that difficult and painful. And so that at the same time kind of prompted me to keep seeking. So I have really become quite grateful for all that pain, for all those experiences, because they really were the catalyst in my journey. They, they were the push to learn, to seek, and to actually understand more about myself and my life purpose really connected and stemmed out of all that pain and out of all the shadow work that, that I've done on myself. So I, um, I healed a lot of my own physical and emotional issues. You know, I'm I'm happy to say that uh, I, I no longer struggle with that. And, but it's not because, you know, it was something that was such an overnight success. It's because of this, this years of, of pain and learning and growing as a person, as a as a soul being you know kind of uncovering my purpose and stepping into it and shifting my identity and and really clearing a whole lot of emotional baggage or I like to call it peeling the layers of emotional onion so that I could really you know be the the person that I am today
0: yeah so oh that's that's beautiful thank you so much for for sharing that Helen so like now, what was the when you, you mentioned a lot of the things regarding your mental health that you were dealing with? Like, what would you say was the most impactful thing you did or that affected you and enabled? Like, you know, there's many people who go through that from therapy or um, different avenues to kind of quote unquote repair themselves or work on themselves. What do you what would you attribute like the most impactful thing that you did for yourself to kind of help work through those problems that you were dealing with?
1: Sure. Um... So it's, it's a deep question. It wasn't any one thing. And I did try therapy in my twenties. Um, it didn't really work well for me because it was more so about uh, talking about what's on the conscious level of your awareness, right? Like therapy, you know, you talk about things that you do know or remember consciously for me, the deepest healing came because I started off with healing more, um, the physiological symptoms and really when I say symptoms truly it was all about, even though I went very much into the holistic realm, I became a holistic naturopathic practitioner, a certified health coach, like all of this, it took me on this whole path. I was obsessively studying every holistic modality I could come across Ayurveda, Chinese medicine. And um, I, I mean, it was just like so much stuff. I've read every book out there that I could find. And really what connected it all though, was when I did all those other things with the physical and I was taking herbs and using oils and, and, and you know, I started learning meditation and all these things, the deepest, truest level of healing came when I started to really go even deeper than that into the emotional stuff, into like inner child work. When I really started to peel off those layers of pain and trauma that I was so attached to some of it was not even in my awareness. So therapy wasn't helpful because of that. Because, you know, when you're not really conscious of the pain that you're carrying, how can you talk about something you don't know about, right? So I often say you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. And when I really started to dig deeper into that, when I started to connect to my intuition much more, when I learned all these tools and techniques to connect to the subconscious, that's really when the deepest healing came, but it really was all encompassing. It wasn't just any one thing, you know, so the, the physiological aspects of uh, changing my diet was probably the starting point. And then, um, you know, learning just how much our physical body and the things that we put into our body make a difference with how we feel mentally and emotionally. Um, you know, that kind of prompted me to keep seeking further because I felt better you know, I, I saw such an improvement. it was it was unbelievable almost. And the doctors were not really sort of acknowledging that and uh, or dismissing, disregarding that you know shift that that was taking place. And I just uh, was really blown away by that. I was like, well, if I'm feeling this much better just by doing this, what else is possible? What's the next step? How, you know, what else can I improve and learn and, and do to feel even better? And, to, and so it wasn't um, after a while, it wasn't so much about um, kind of suppressing the symptoms anymore of like pain or, or disease, you know, in the body. Uh, but it was, it became more about um, kind of understanding and trying to figure out new ways of, you know, going even further with this whole healing journey. And then the thing is, the more I was learning, I, I used to really uh, kind of joke about it. I felt like, I made a little snowball of knowledge and then I took that snowball and I kept learning more and more and more and I made a snowman and then eventually I built a whole snow castle and uh, it really became an obsession um, like in a good way I think because I spent years of really just learning and expanding my my consciousness and my knowledge base and just growing um, I think as a person tremendously. So I'm really grateful for for all that, you know, all those experiences that led me to that. And oftentimes too, we, we tend to focus on our diet and we really don't think about what we feed our mind. So that's like a huge part of my life now of the way that I live and what I teach and how I heal, how I work with my clients. It's a huge component of my work.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's super powerful. I think Helen, because a couple of things that you said resonated with me. One, um, I think it was, maybe it was a quote from Oprah. I'm sure she wasn't a person say, "But you just don't know what you don't know. And that, you know, when going to therapy, while it can be effective for many people, you don't go to therapy with some type of purpose, with some type of intention, right? You're just going to just say, I've gone, but you have nothing to talk about. Then it's never going to be helpful. Someone will be like, well, therapy was terrible. Well, did you really go intentionally to solve an issue or to, work on something and so we first have to you know discover um and uncover that hidden trauma and first just admit it admit you know here, here's what I'm feeling and here's what I'm going through um because so many people when it comes to the trauma they've experienced in denial of it and so I think one of the main steps is just realizing all right look I need to accept um this is what happened to me this is what I feel and then now yeah. I'm in a position to go and talk to someone about it.
1: Yeah. And there are some amazing therapists out there. If you're fortunate enough to find a really good one, definitely they can be so helpful. But, um, you know, again, just kind of connecting to yourself and getting to really become aware to become okay to not be okay. I think is a huge part of that too.
0: Yeah. I think that's, that's beautiful. That's something that, you know, um, I'm passionate about and, and also, there's something else you mentioned too, which is what you feed your mind and for me you know this podcast the reason why it's called the mental wealth podcast is because i think that our mental health is wealth right um mm-hmm. that that your mind is an investment when you think about in my very first episode my very first episode i barfed listen to the episode now because it was so raw and, 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 and crappy mm-hmm. but it was the first one but i, I mentioned in there a couple of things one that you know just like you would invest into a car you invest into your education you invest in your clothes you invest in anything that you that you love and want to take care of why is in our mind the same thing what you feed your mind affects it if you put a bunch of Mm -hmm. junk in your body and expect you to walk around with a bunch of energy after eating eating a bunch of junk food and drinking a bunch of soda um you can't expect it to be your healthiest right and you know in that same episode i talked about things like knowing your triggers right if you know that you know, you're triggered by certain things. Maybe you know anxiety, we talked about someone anxiety when it comes to the pandemic that we had and watching the news every day, watching all the cases, tick tocking, tick tocking, tick tocking. It probably isn't the best thing to feed your mind something that you know it's triggering you, right? So making intentional decisions to separate yourself from anything that you know will trigger you. So that might mean people too. Protecting your peace and surrounding yourself with the right type of people. Any other thoughts on that? I thought that was so powerful. Um, about you know feeding your mind
1: thank you of course no i absolutely agree with everything you just said and uh it's one of the first things that i actually have done for myself years ago and not everyone understands it but i do not watch the news i do not watch the news i don't listen to the news people are like well what do you mean how do you live? do you live in a bubble and the funny thing is the news always finds its way to you anyway I'm constantly still bombarded from every direction. Obviously, if it's something really important and major, then everyone in the household and my friends will share immediately. Um, and otherwise, you know, social media still keeps me very much abreast um, at everything that that's going on in the world. And you know, obviously, again, friends, family, everyone talks about all the things that are happening uh, around us. But I just choose to not allow some form of media to, um, again, to feed my mind. Uh, I prefer to be much more in control of what I allow to, to go in to, you know, go into my mind. Right. So, um, I, I'm very intentional about the, the information that I choose to hear, even with, with different social media platforms, like if I'm getting, uh, to see some information that I, I know can affect me negatively, can you know, put me in a, in a lower vibrational state and, and aligning with something more negative, more sort of fear-based or um, you know, anxiety-provoking, then I just choose to not look at that. And if I were continuing to watch the news, because that's what used to happen to me years ago, I would literally have like days to recover from some really negative news, or I would be walking around just filled with fear. and I realized that at some point that if I do not have that information being thrown at me, then, hmm, I'm feeling better. So you know it became this very conscious sort of choice to, to stay away from things that will bring me down, because what was the upside? There, there really was no upside to me listening to those news, um, you know, because the news is always negative, like it's very rare to hear anything positive on the news, right? And so um, I, I just chose to stay away from that. So that's one big thing. And then um, I constantly focus on, you know, what information do I want to um, consume? And what what books do I want to read? What uh, social media channels do I want to follow who, you know, who are the people that I resonate with that will, that will feed my mind, the, the information that will, that will help me grow rather than diminish the way that I feel and, and bring down the thought quality and, and the, you know, which in turn affects affects how I would feel. And then my entire energetic vibration gets affected by that. This is my entire like model really that I developed, um, that I uh, work with my clients on, is based on this entire premise. This is how I've healed my life. Is when I started to really break from the stories and the limiting beliefs and recognizing that I have the power over my thoughts and I have the power to choose what I feed my mind. And, uh, you know, what information I consume and what information I allow and what, informa- what information I want to keep out of my mind so that, it, that it's not infecting me in the way that, you know, sometimes that's what it does.
0: I does love that make sense? Uh, no, no, that's beautiful. That's yeah. really, really amazing, Helen, because, you know, another thing that, that sticks out is you, you're saying I have the power, right? Like I, I did it episode with Nadia, not sure if made, with Nadia from Clubhouse as well, but Nadia, that was entitled Empowering the Powerless and she's all about empowering women and empowering people. And I think one of the statements you made is so powerful because, you know, no pun intended, we all have power. We have strength, we have decisions that we can make and and deciding to, be, to guard your mind from what comes in and knowing that there are certain things that could come in affect you negatively you're like look intentionally i'm gonna be on guard and i love that. i love that so much and so you know what are some of the things um that you're doing in your day-to-day like i know you know this work is a passion of yours what are some things that you do with your clients how are you helping some of your clients to get through some of the same things things excuse me you did
1: so um, during my one-on-one sessions, which is primarily how I've uh, worked with my clients over the years, I usually reach really deep into the unconscious. And we, uh, we really go into the story because we all get attached to some kind of story. And a lot of times we just don't realize that we're living in that story. And I, sometimes I say it like you're, you become a main actor and you're also the director and the producer of a movie that you're living in. And you don't even realize that you can change that. You can you can really step out of the movie and observe and then change that whole story. You can rewrite it and become a conscious creator or co-creator of your own new story. You know, for me, that story was one of victimhood for many, many years of my life. Uh, it was a story of constantly, like, again, being immersed in, in pain and trauma and And just being this like wounded soul constantly um, sort of feeling that over and over. And at some point, I just came to the realization that, wait a second, it's my own thoughts that are causing me this pain. And so I started to shift out of that. And the more I was doing that, the more I was noticing that I was feeling completely different. I was feeling better, stronger, more empowered and, you know, my, my physical body is one thing when I was dealing with like physical health issues, but even the emotional state was everything was changing. So my physical body was starting to heal, but the emotional state was even more powerful just so that realization that our stories and all this interpretation of, of the reality, the way that it happens is all it is, you know, different things. Happen to us in our lives and we don't have control over the, of something that already happened but we definitely do have a control of how we choose to move forward from that and whether we want to continue to dwell on that experience and and bring the emotional aspect of that experience over and over into our daily life for years sometimes decades right or do we choose to kind of move forward and, and allow ourselves to heal and to start a new story, which, which then becomes supported by a whole lot of new different types of thoughts, which of course, in in turn affect um, a whole new set of emotions. And so we can feel so much better just by even stepping away, you know, recognizing that we are creating a story and shifting out of that. And then science has caught up to even recognize that the more we change our thought patterns, there's actually a rewiring that happens physiologically in our brains. So, years ago, everything of this sort was considered more woo woo. But, uh, you know, in this day and age, thankfully, even science has caught up to, to really understand this on such a deeper level, which I totally appreciate. And then I'm also big on energy because we are all vibrational beings. And unfortunately, we're not taught that in mainstream. And so, you know, to some people, it may sound too out there. But to me, you know, when I really started to connect to that truth, that I am an an energetic being, a soul living a human experience, that I embody in this body, then really everything, again, just shifted with that realization. Because I started to connect with my energy. I started to realize why certain Um, experiences would, you know, make me feel a certain way, and how my feelings were directly affecting the energetic alignment, the vibration, and how my thoughts were directly affecting my emotions, you know, so all of this became such a huge aha in my life. And, uh, you know, eventually led me to really develop this whole model, and to start helping others to heal their lives as well. So I, what I do is I literally help people reverse engineer their life to see, you know, why something that they're experiencing now in their life as an outcome is an outcome of something that they're uh, doing or, or not doing, rather, but actually thinking and feeling and aligning with vibrationally. And as we find the root causes, which are, you know, the deep rooted. Um, again, like limiting beliefs or stories or trauma patterns, and a lot of times generational trauma patterns that I uncover. So it's not even our own necessarily. Then we can truly heal and redesign the life that we want to have the way that we envisioned it. Um, and, you know, and, and figure out why there's this misalignment so that we can change that.
0: Oh, my. I told you beforehand, you know, I, I get into this bag where I just get extremely quiet and let the guests get into your bag because for the audience listening to even before when we were in pre-production, Helen is really good. I, I saw you working some of your mojo on me too. I heard <laughs> you were, you were, I, I picked it up. I, I picked it up when you kind of were asking me about some of my ambitions and asking me questions. Like, Are you holding yourself back and things? And I, and I, I received, that. <laughs> yes. I saw, I noticed it. I received received you gotta help yourself. I receive it though. You know, you know, Helen, um we need people like you because, you know, and, and this isn't to gaslight anyone specifically, but we both been on Clubhouse and we see there's a lot of people on that I, platform I in real life who aren't who are okay, seemingly okay with just sitting in the drama, right? Like they're okay with just sitting in the hurt, the pain, and just staying there and just staying one track, you know, yeah. to. I am, you know, sorry, feeling sorry and feeling bad for myself and never deciding, you know what, I'm going to hop off this train and go in a different direction, any direction other than the way it's going. And to each their own, we, we love everyone. But it's nice to, to see when people, you know, when they start to share about what they've gone through and then each week they come back, that share gets a little bit more positive and positive and positive and them finding ways to own their experience to. To own their trauma and find ways to, to change the direction, the trajectory of the next step, right? To not sit to not become what happened to you, to not become the trauma, to not let that trauma consume you. And I think what yeah. you're doing by you doing this reverse engineering, going back in time, and understand you have to first understand the roots. You have to first understand what caused it, what happened, and get that all out of your system. But once that happens, are we going to stay in that mindset or are we going to choose to do something different and to be, to not become a victim of the past, right? And um, that's, that's powerful. That's extremely powerful. And I think more people need to hear that because, you know, we want people to grow. We don't want to gaslight anyone for however you feel what you go through, please feel it. We need, it's healthy for us to get those feelings out and to talk about those things. Don't hold it within,
1: Absolutely.
0: once you let it out, what are we doing next, right? Are, are we just going to stay there, woe is me, or are we going to get up and decide, hey, look, you know what? I'm going to reverse engineer. I'm going to move forward. I'm going to choose. Anything.
1: Yeah, and it becomes a choice, yeah, a conscious was- choice. But the it, problem it is I think possible. a lot of people don't realize that, that it is a choice, right? They don't even have that sort of self-awareness sometimes. And that's why I love it to be able to help someone even shift that thought, you know, to recognize that, yes, you do have that choice and you have that ability to shift out of that miserable feeling um, and into, you know, experiencing life in a whole other way. And it's, I, I just think, unfortunately, we're not really taught that way. And a lot of times we just don't even know, we don't realize that we have that option, you know, and I lived in that pain. So I really, I so empathize with people that are experiencing that because it's, it's hard and it's, it's scary and it's dark and it's very painful. And I I really feel so blessed to be able to help others to, you know, to, to help them step out of that and move towards, you know, alignment and fulfillment and joy in their lives that we are all so worthy of and so deserving and need to have. And it's just that sometimes they don't know, you know, that's that's, um, that's that's the place for a lot of people. Like it's not their fault. And that's why I'm so happy that a lot of times on Clubhouse, there are so many great rooms that really inspire people to connect with their feelings because the truth is a lot of times people of course, it's more unconscious, but they choose to suppress their feelings and not feel them because it's just easier that way. You know, it hurts to feel your feelings sometimes. And um, and sometimes it's just easier to, to live in that uncomfortable, stuck sort of way because it's so familiar, even though it's so uncomfortable, but the familiar in itself makes it in a strange way, somewhat comfortable, if that makes sense, because it's a little counterintuitive, you know, but stepping out of that is, it it literally triggers so much emotions, you know, uh, because it is something new that you may be experiencing. And that triggers a lot of fear, right? Because you don't know what to expect. And, uh, and if you heal a whole lot of what ifs come in, and I, you know, I, I see it a lot with my clients and we all, again, attached to some new story about what if, what if this doesn't work out? What if something happens? What if, what if, what if, and anytime there's all these what ifs that come in, that's, that's just the, the fear speaking. Our ego is just trying to protect us and keep us safe. But again, it's a conscious choice to, to say to yourself, you know, I'm ready. I'm aligned and I'm ready to heal and I'm ready to feel, and I'm ready to feel better and to step into my own power, you know, to start living a better life, to, to really live the life that I've envisioned for myself. And also to recognize that you deserve it because so many people that experience trauma, particularly if it's early childhood stuff, really just feel that they're undeserving of love and happiness and success, you know, and all these things. So it's all it goes so deep, but I'm just really um, always humbled by being able to, you know, see that and and to help someone work through that. It's really it's a gift in and of itself, and it's a blessing. So my own you know trauma and, and my own journey is what brought me to it, and again, I'm I'm thankful for that experience because I don't I don't think I would have come to it another way you know, I don't think I, um, I perceive things in the same way. So it really, I think a lot of times our own painful experiences really are there in order to help us grow. And a lot of times to help us find ourselves.
0: That's beautiful. That's beautiful, Helen. Um, Let me ask you this though, to kind of overall give me, give me just, you know, when it comes to the mental health space from your, someone who's dealt with your own, um, mental health concerns and you found ways to work through it and to help others why Why is this such a stigma right when, when we talk about mental health why is it when someone says mental health is like such a such a big deal like why why, why is it such a negative stigma european surrounding it and what do we need to do to kind of end that stigma
1: you know, I think it's actually moving in that direction over the last probably decade, which is really great to see. And I'm sure you're seeing that too, right? More and more people are speaking out um, uh, about mental health. More and more um, advocates for mental health are out there, and there's programs. But I think it's just because we've been conditioned for so long as a society, um, you know, from every direction since you since we were little children that somehow if if, if you have these symptoms, you know, whether it's anxiety, or if people are experiencing any kind of mental um, illness, that somehow it's, it's something is wrong with you, that you're somehow broken. Um, but thankfully, I think it's changing. So it's, it's just up to all of us to continue to have the open conversation, to understand that there really is um, healing available. And there's a lot of practitioners and modalities and and different um, healing tools and techniques out there to help and to each you know it's something different we all have our own path and our own reasons for why we're experiencing different things right and uh, yeah I just I think the stigma has been there for a very long time but hopefully it's something that's shifting now and even people like yourself justin with having, this type of a podcast, and then speaking in these clubs and rooms, I think it's so beautiful that, you know, people are really putting this out there for the world to recognize that we're all just unique in our own ways. And we all have our own struggles and our own traumas and just be there to support each other in whichever capacity we can.
0: Yeah, that's a beautiful share. You know, I think Clubhouse came at a wonderful time. Obviously, it benefited from the pandemic, but the pandemic did a couple of things, right? It it, it, it did something where, to your point, yeah, the conversations have increased the last 10 years. We see, you know, businesses and and, and schools putting more emphasis on mental health education. But two, you know, you think about the pandemic where people have more time at home, more time to themselves, they really really being the thoughts and marriages failing. And, you know, you think about just, that self-isolation, where people didn't have as much person-to-person interaction, where you know a lot of mental health, I think there was a twenty-seven percent increase into one of the call centers during the pandemic because of all the stuff going on. And so, Clubhouse, you know, for me, came at a perfect time where I was able to come on and you know build a platform and meet people like yourself and really give people the space to speak about you know what they maybe have been holding in for so long and they got to make that connection. And to your point. You know, we're, we're making strides just by having the conversation, just by keeping the conversation going, having that open dialogue. Uh, we're doing so much to push the narrative forward that it's okay not to be okay. It's okay not to have it all figured out. It's okay to have to work on yourself, to take time for self care, to be aware, to be intentional about regaining your power, to heal. It um, can take a little bit longer for each and every person. But, you know, I think I'm thankful for people like you because, you know, you come in and you shine your light in different rooms and different spaces. And my hope is that the same energy that we've seen on on the clubhouse with the clubs and all the mental health conversations, hopefully it continues to carry on outside the app, right? Like it continues to go forward with people or to have those conversations off the app as well in real life and make those connections.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Really, I think we really need it. For sure. Ellen, it's been so nice talking you. You've been such a bright light uh, and getting to know you, your story, and how you're helping people right now. Please continue to be that light that the world needs. We need more people like you who are willing to go out there and do the work, right? I've been saying a lot lately, it's not just about awareness. Awareness is important. It sounds good on a Hallmark card, Mental Health Awareness Month, but we need to change that to mental health action. What what actionable items am I going to do? What are some deliverables that I can do that I can stop talking about it and start doing it. That's been my motto. I know that's something that you're about. And that's why I partner with so many people like yourself. and find out what are you doing? What are you doing differently? So thank you for for being that shining light. Um, Where can the audience, where can can they find you? Where can they find you on social media? How can they get in contact with your business as well?
1: Thank you so much, Justin. I appreciate your your kind words and you're doing the same. So definitely, um, I applaud you for what you're doing as well. And um, I can be found on uh, pretty much every social media platform now. My website is healthandwealthcoach.com and Instagram is healthandwealthcoach and and Facebook is your health and wealth coach and Clubhouse is at Life Healer. Health and Wealth Coach was too long. It didn't fit in there. (laughs) Um, And uh, yeah, I think that's it.
0: Ellen Levine. Helen Levine so nice to have you for being a part of this special episode episode number 22 of the mental wealth podcast until next time thank you Helen.
1: thank you so much Justin take care oh
0: my goodness what a great conversation a great story great journey there with my friend Helen Levine so glad again to have you uh, with us today she just mentioned a few moments ago guys make sure you go and tap in and follow her uh, on Instagram, Health and Wealth Coach. Facebook, at your Health and Wealth Coach. Super simple. Great. Glad she stacked those tags, right? Um, website, uh, www.healthandwealthcoach.com. And, of course, on Clubhouse, at Life Healer. So glad to have her and, uh, and, and have to listen to her and everything that she had to say. And, of course, again, hopefully those of you guys listening can see, you know, what, what she's trying to do and what many of us are trying to do. For both ourselves we have to do it for ourselves first before we can help others but just to make a decision to intentionally heal i want to leave you guys with this a couple of thoughts first i want to start here this is from LiveWellWithSharonMartin.com. with sharon martin.com eight tips for healing emotional wounds healing take baby steps healing isn't all or nothing even some healing will probably improve your quality of life right so that let me stop there That's important because sometimes we just assume that we have to heal everything, like the the, the scar is gonna disappear, right? Not to get too gruesome, but I have scars on my wrist from when I used to cut as a teenager. They're still there. Some of them healed, some of them didn't. I can still see remnants on my wrist of those. So every cut, every scrape, you you know, when you have a physical scrape or something like that, a lot of times you'll still see remnants of that, a discoloration in your skin from where that wound once was. So some of it, sometimes it doesn't all go away. So we get so caught up and thinking I could just make the trauma disappear. That might not happen, but even if you can heal a little bit, it can help you. Third, be patient and persistent. Fourth, set realistic expectations. Five, view setbacks as part of the process and learning opportunities. So there might be times when you're triggered. There might be times when, you know, that PTSD comes up to play and you have flashbacks. Don't think that you've lost the battle, right? Like, understand that that's a part of the journey, is that even once you've healed and began the healing process, you will have memories and you will be triggered by things in your past. Accept that, understand that, but again, intentionally take action to change the trajectory of your thoughts. Number six, tips for healing wounds emotionally. Prioritize self-care and self-compassion. Not even a deep dive on that, because you guys know se- September, that's all we were talking about. I took a break from podcasting late uh, late August for that reason for myself. But again, you cannot heal your emotional wounds unless you prioritize yourself. Those of you guys who are not prioritizing yourself and wondering why you aren't healing, there's your answer. Number seven, ask for and accept help. So this means that you have to have some type of measure of humility modesty right recognizing that you're limited recognizing that you can't do it all on your own you might need that friend you might need that family member someone that you trust leaning on resources at work whatever I talk all the time about employee assistance programs and what they might offer you you might need therapy it's okay to ask and accept that help because a lot of times people might offer you help but we don't accept it so ask for it, seek it Accept it And finally, the last tip for healing emotional wounds, look for and seek emotional safety. So, you know, w- when I think about emotional safety, I, I think about surrounding myself with people who are who are either two things, right? Either one like-minded, so they understand, right? They may be going through something similar. So there might be support groups, right? I've started a quote-unquote support group on Clubhouse. There might be something off of clubhouse in real life, a physical support group where you can speak to people who might be going through some of the same things that you've gone through. Maybe you're a mother and you've gone through postpartum depression. Maybe there's postpartum uh, support groups, depression groups in your area where you can speak to other mothers and share best practices and tips and tricks on how they battle their way and may still be battling their way through it, right? So surrounding yourself with people who can relate. But two, if there aren't people that can relate, surround yourself with people who care, who will support you, who will make you feel protected, who will make you feel um, that you can share your inner self and everything that's on your mind, they won't gaslight you. They'll protect you. They'll make you feel better about yourself. And they'll never judge you for the true emotional healing that you must do. Right? So this eight tips for healing emotional wounds, deciding to intentionally, intentionally heal have a quick announcement to make. Uh, we will not be here next Monday. We will also not be on Clubhouse on Sunday for some good reasons. Sunday, October 10th is World Mental Health Day. So not just the country, not just the month, the whole world should be paying a little extra attention to mental health. Uh, Charlemagne from The Breakfast Club, he has a club. Uh, he has a, an alliance called the Mental Wealth Alliance and um, with partnership with iHeartRadio. And a few other speakers, he's hosting a expo, a mental wealth expo, a day of mental health and healing education. It's going to be in New York City on the at the Marriott Marquis in Times Square, New York City from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. And guess what? It's free. You can get more information about it by going to mentalwealthexpo.com. There's going to be speakers there from the likes of Dr. Alfie uh, Breland Noble, Angela Rye. Debbie Brown, Jason Wilson, Michelle Williams from Destiny's Child. Yes, I said Destiny's Child. Jay Barnett, Resma, uh, Minicum, and David McCuller, and many other speakers. And so you know me. When I saw this a couple of months ago get announced, I said, I'm sorry. I'm going to be there. I'm going to make the drive. I'll make the expense because obviously this is a great opportunity for me to network and and meet people and hopefully continue to grow our audience. But more importantly, it's a chance for me to get educated, right? More than just me being a speaker on this platform, speaking to you guys, I have to get my information from somewhere to share with you. So I can't wait to go up there. I'm bringing my microphone with me just in case, right, to record some different thoughts and and feedbacks and maybe some recap sessions of what I'm learning. Um, But uh, we won't because I'll be traveling. We won't put out an episode on Monday, October 11th, and we won't be on clubhouse on Sunday, October 10th, but we will be back the following week, bigger, better than ever with so much to share. I'm really, really excited about this. This is my first mental health conference going to in person. So glad that, um, we're going to be able to do this. And yeah, so, you know, pray for me for safe travels to, to go and return safely, but that is where we'll be. But, uh, Feel free to stream this episode, share this episode and go backwards and listen to all other 21 episodes plus the bonus. So 21 and a half. Appreciate you guys support. And I appreciate your support so much. I want to end the pod with this. I got this message from one of my listeners and one of my club members. And uh, it said this. It said you inspired a room on action. I started for Breaking Stigma. Uh, Excuse me, let me start over. You inspired a room on action. I started for Breaking Stigmas. Told everyone in my room, Justin of the Mental Wealth Podcast, someone I have a ton of respect for, inspired me to work harder at taking action just as hard as I approach awareness. It was important for me to let you know that because I also got my podcast brainstormed and will be recording my first two or three episodes today. And I just wanted to say thank you. You've really made a difference in my life. I can't wait to show you how it turns out. Thank you. God bless. I want you guys to understand something about me. I don't do this for clout. I don't do this for money. I'm not interested any, by the way, sponsorships that we're working on right now aren't even based in revenue. It's just based in supporting me and supporting my vision and supporting the brand and getting our voice heard in as many countries and many, many places as possible, right? The reason why I do this and I put so much time, energy, blood, sweat, and tears into this podcast is because I know I have the ability to inspire someone I know I have the ability to take action for weeks now I've been talking about I'm tired of the word awareness it's a great word but I want to take action that's my action right when I can say look not just that person but many other people were able to be inspired To do something for themselves, right? I don't want to be the only, I want my podcast to grow and continue to grow as it has in the last six months. By the way, we've been podcasting for six months. I want it to grow, but I don't want to be the only speaker. I don't want to like hog the space and be the only mental health podcast to be the only guy with the mental. No, I want to support as many people who are genuinely trying to make change. And if someone can come to my club or come on my podcast and say, you know what? You inspired me to start my own podcast. You inspired me to start my own club. You inspired me to start doing things in my community that were intentional, that were purposeful. They say, find out out what you love. Find out what you love to do and do it on purpose. That's why. Even the people who don't understand why I love this so much. Maybe that message that I just read will help you understand and see why it's my passion, why it might just be my calling. What I'm here for to do is to help, to educate, to help people heal, and to inspire. And that's my goal. If I can just inspire the the thousands of people who are listening right now, thank you for inspiring me. And I hope that I can continue inspire all of you. This has been episode number 22 of the Mental Wealth Podcast. It's your host, Justin Little. I hear you. I see you. I feel you.